this is a classic case of God don't like ugly. God don't like ugly. All you had to do was sit there and eat your little crusty pizza and mind your motherfucking <laughs> business. But no, you had to speak up and say something. And good, because now you told on yourself and you have no one to blame but your ego. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a new year and the same goddamn podcast. That's right. Uh, always going strong um, here with you once again, Francesca Fiorentini. Um, just just sliding into this new year, uh, looking like uh, Goofy um, in his pajamas. That's my new go-to outfit. Is just if it's soft and it's just if it you know like layers. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. Welcome. <laughs> Uh, really good to have you here. I hope your new year was good. Um, yeah, I went to bed at 10, uh, and that was the first time I've ever gone to bed before midnight, but look, it was midnight somewhere, people. It was midnight. It's fine. But my new bedtime is 10 o'clock. You got to sleep when the baby sleeps. And my God, I'm struggling, but it's good. It's good. Uh, I'm so excited. Of course, I'm always excited. I, I We haven't done a rundown of everyone who was on last year. It was a jam-packed year. So many great guests. So many great interviews. Hope y'all learned a lot. Um, and we're starting this year off once again um, with amazing guests. Comedian Chloe Hilliard is here. Um, Naveed Shah, the political director of Common Defense, which is a veterans movement fighting fascism in America. He is going to be joining us talking about January 6th. What do veterans think? The veterans who weren't necessarily part of the riot, the veterans who saw that and were like, hey, I didn't fight for that kind of country. So very excited to have Naveed here and learn all about what veterans are doing and specifically with this new Congress coming through. Um, what, are the, what are the openings? We're about two years, two years from that Capitol riot. Ah, it feels like it was yesterday. Ah. <sighs> Yes. Um, if you didn't notice, that is new intro music, and it is courtesy of um, the one and only DJ Real, a good friend, uh, not Kevin McLeod. Kevin, if you're out there, don't sue me. Um, Kevin, you still have the fart song, but DJ Real has to take the lead. Ve I love that. I love the new music. If you don't like it, I don't care. Just remember to give this podcast five stars on iTunes to like and subscribe right now if you're on Twitch, what up? If you're on YouTube, hello. Uh, and of course, if you're a patron, that's right. Every goddamn week, including this week, including today, when we're going to be talking about Bolsonaro in a KFC in Orlando. How the mighty have fallen. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Bolsonaro, former president of Brazil, uh, yes, is in Florida and President Lula da Silva is once again back in power. Um, so I want to talk about that in the bonus episode. Make sure you are a patron, patreon.com slash bituation room to get that in your ear holes, in your eye sockets and all the things. Of course, you get 20% off of all merch. I didn't do a big merch push at the end of last year, uh, but I'm doing it now. You guys, we got tote bags. We got two different types of shirts. We got ladies fit 
and men's fit, I believe. I think they're pretty similar. We got stickers. We're working on bitch caps. Um, and also, if you don't know, we're going to be live in San Francisco for SF Sketchfest with Nato Green, comedian and frequent guest here on The Bituation Room, as well as John Iderola of The Damage Report, the Dragon Daddy himself, and Mr. Robert Evans, the host of the Behind the Bastards podcast. That's right. It is an all-white guy dream team. You know? I just, I'm carving out space for the marginalized voices of men that take up a lot of space, generally. But they're going to be great. It's going to be so good. Uh, I think we're going to do some stand-up. It'll be lovely. You come out, uh, get tickets, and you will, if you can't be there on that Tuesday, uh, if all goes according to plan, you can watch it back, so do not worry. Um, and you can also tip this show, you guys. Hey, support this show and our shoestring budget and my little, like, milky baby brain. Literally milky baby brain because that's all I do is uh, nurse and take care of my adorable fucking child. I know everyone thinks their child is cute. My child is cutest. The cutest. So cute. Um, Very full of poo. Very full of milk. But anyway, if you want to support the show and tip it, TBR-Live on Venmo, TBR-Live on Cash App. And with that, thank you all for being here. Let's get into it. The first week. Oh, what are we talking about? Wait, wait, wait. We're going to talk about Kevin McCarthy. And not getting enough votes to be speaker as we speak. If you're from the future, don't tell me he eventually gets the votes. Uh, and we're going to be talking about um, the just the greatest story, perhaps of all 22, 2022, that slid right under as the door was closing, as the days were counting down, involving my favorite, Miss Greta Thunberg. Yes. Uh, and of course, uh, talking to Naveed and stay tuned because we got our ins and outs of 2022 to 2023. What's in now and what is out in this year? But first, what are you guys bitching about? New music. What are y'all bitching about, you guys? Hey, here's one. Um, remember how it was the holiday season and everyone pretty much bought shit on Amazon? And if you didn't, you probably did. And if you're a new parent like me, you definitely did because that's how we survive. Um, well, here was a story, uh, not the first of its kind. Amazon workers at Den 4 in Colorado said an elderly worker died on the job on 12-28 after returning from a medical leave. And instead of shutting down the area... Amazon managers stacked boxes around the body until a coroner could arrive so they could keep working through it. And there is a, an account of someone who is, is writing, and I believe this is a, an image of their tablet, saying, last night on shift, an employee died. When I arrived at 6.30 this morning, I saw fire trucks and ambulance police departments still at the facility. Not knowing why they were there, we all went in and checked and start, clocked in and started to work. That's when we found out from a night shift employee, not from management, that someone had died and the person was still at the facility. Again, not management. The emergency response team was doing an investigation and the, cor and the coroner had not retrieved the body. There were some employees who were less than 10 feet away from the deceased who was covered working. I cannot even begin to say how upset and angry I am at the disrespect for human life from Amazon and our general manager, Nick McKean. 
Yes, we're naming names. Are you saying you can't even shut down the facility long enough to finish an investigation? Is money so important that, that you are literally walking over a dead body to make you more money? It's not enough working five days a week, 12-hour days for a month, and then switching us to six days a week, 10 hours a day for a month. What the actual fuck is wrong with this picture? As of lunchtime, when I left senior management, still had not addressed our department. That is heinous. That means, so no leadership. I mean, we're also on the other side of Roger Goodell not shutting down a football game for an hour after someone was maybe clinically dead for 10 minutes. Uh, but that's that's a different story. Same shit. Oh, you're trying to make money? Ah, there's a, maybe a dead body. Keep working. Oh, no, this is going to be time off task. If you look at the dead body, time off task. So all this to say, we've known Amazon. This is not the first time Amazon's done this. My heart goes out to this person's family. My heart goes out to those workers. I can only imagine coming back from medical leave, which I wonder if that was paid medical leave, but clearly it wasn't long enough if this person then was died, suffered, was not, not able to work. Obviously, I'm jumping to conclusions. We don't know what actually happened, if it was related to the medical condition that they had previously. Um, but I'm sure working the floor at a warehouse didn't help. I know I'm going to be called crazy, but I, I think we should nationalize Amazon. That's the only course of action. Why? Well, because it's just a platform. It's literally a marketplace. It is a platform. You buy and sell things, and hundreds of thousands, millions of vendors are there. The only difference is it wouldn't be stacked and rigged in Jeff Bezos's favor. You wouldn't have to buy sponsored placements, et cetera, et cetera, and um, workers wouldn't be forced to work next to dead bodies. They might actually get paid. Yeah, you might have a Amazon three-day prime instead of two-day, you know, to account for people actually being able to pee on the job, um, you know, or I don't know, like the drivers in Amazon delivery trucks might get like a full break and not be docked if they don't get all their packages out in time. You know, that would be, that'd be on us, right? We'd have to deal with that. But at this point, it is too big. It is too big. It's got to be broken up would be a step. It's got to be fucking nationalized is what it is. It is at this point a utility. It is ubiquitous. Everyone uses it and is on it. Yes, I believe in boycotts. I think that is important. I think I will take the lead of whatever workers would like. I think that's the next step. But what's actually going to make change is nationalizing this shit. Yeah. And then people, oh, is it going to be like, you know, the USPS? USPS is going strong, y'all. Don't hate. USPS is going strong. All right? You know who's been working this whole time? Your mailman or mail lady or mail person. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, that's all I have to say about that. Uh, fuck Bezos and his motherfucker's trying to get to Mars. He cannot even deal with someone dead on the shop floor. Evil. You're evil. Sorry. You suck. Anyway, that's it uh, for what I'm bitching about. And to tell me what she is bitching about, uh, my guest for the hour is a comedian, TV producer, and author of the award-winning book, Fuck Your Diet. Please welcome Chloe Hilliard. What's going on? How are you? I'm good. Good to see you, Chloe. Uh, you. It's been a while, but you've been very busy. 
Yes, it has been a while and I'm getting nostalgic because, um, you know, I did a, a live stream show during the pandemic and I'm so glad to see you still plugging away because we need to hear these amazing <laughs> voices, these independent voices, because as you see, everything is an incestuous shit show. That's true. <laughs> exactly. And you're not part of it. Um, no. no, I appreciate that. I Yes, I haven't given up yet. Uh, it helped that I the habituation room was around before the pandemic. So mm -hmm. I was like, all right. Let's keep it going. But um, it's so good to have you back. I I don't think you've been on since March when I was in New York. Yeah. Days before the live show, days before I got COVID. Um, we were talking about, like, I think it was like REI trying to unionize with mm -hmm. like really sort of fake progressive language, um, among a lot of other things. But Chloe, today, it's been almost a year. What are you bitching about? I know things have been good, but let's start the year off right. Yeah, you know what? It's so interesting. So politically, I I kind of tapped out and I understand why dumb people are happy now because they just don't have to worry about a lot of things. And it is a little like, it is a little weight off your shoulders because you aren't bogged down with the minutia of everything and everything is like doom and gloom. And I remember yes. my, my grandmother, uh, rest her soul. This is when I was a young kid and I grew up in the church and I remember going there, but like, this is like the nineties. And I was like, grandma, everything is going bad. And these are the last days. And she was like, Chloe, we've been talking about the last days since I was a little kid and I'm 60 something now. So chill out and relax. And that has <laughs> kind of been like my mantra, because I think a lot of times we take on so much negative energy. How can we do this? How can we do this? And the truth of the matter is, and you know, this covering this, these stories, people are corrupt and so it's mm. not even about like appealing to the masses or the heart or the soul and the morality of people because it's all about greed and money so i am trying to be dumb and happy for 2020 <laughs> <laughs> so you're not bitching about anything you're just like you know what you're not gonna hold me back from my ignorance i choose to a be cocoon i'm in a cocoon yeah. i i think that's I think that that is a good attitude. I try with this show and generally, if you guys obviously haven't picked up on it by now, by being like the little bit of sugar with the medicine, you know, mm -hmm. like, yes, we're going to talk about Kevin McCarthy and, you know, the speakership of the house. And that's wonky as hell. Um, but also we need to like add some joy and make fun of it. Yeah. And talk, you know, and talk Absolutely. about random things. Yeah. And I think for me, it's all about like controlling what you can control. Right. And so making sure that your your like little space, your little grain of sand in the vast universe is pleasant and happy. So it's about like taking care of like your home decor, making sure that your space where you rest is like rejuvenating and warm and calm, like all these things that we don't forget about, because it's hard enough to go out into the world and the world is hard and angry and then come back home. You still have all that energy. So mm. I try to like make sure that my space, my interactions, I create environments around me socially with friends and family that is reaffirming and positive instead of like negative, negative. So it, it's been hard because, you know, I used to be on here every week being like, everything is crazy, burn it down. And I still have that in me. But I also understand on a day-to-day -day basis, it takes a lot of people to want to unify and burn everything down. And until everybody's right. on that same page, you're just going to keep sacrificing yourself. So stop sacrificing yourself, find your peace, unionize with people who are of the same mind. And when it's time to go, go. <laughs> right. I'll be over here creating like a little mystical corner with my crystals and my incense. Mm -hmm. And then when you guys say we're at, you know, 
we're at the barricades. I'll be right there. I'm just going to light a little bit of sage and then I'll get over there. Yeah. I like that attitude. I think, look, I think in revolution, everyone has a role to play. And I think comedy is part of that. I think, and happy people is part of that. Like we can't, how can we build a new world? Mm -hmm. Uh, How can we envision a new world if we ourselves and the internet is prime place for this are just miserable ass people that like to tear other people down yeah that's kind of that's that is the essence of it it's it's funny and i don't want to get too 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 off this but i saved a tweet and guys i gotta read it to you because it sort of speaks to what chloe was has been saying which is this this person audrey saint audrey says um the response to my tweet about being offline is the most online thing I've ever encountered. So she wrote a tweet about how her sister is offline, doesn't really do much, like is just kind of like doesn't, isn't part of like the daily conversation. So mm-hmm. she writes, my sister's so offline, unplugged, unbothered. She's been doing um, the massive New York Times end of the year crossword for five days. Right now she's solving a Rubik's Cube. She just asked me if Gone Girl is a romance movie. So like all these things that are, you know, I don't know if that, like obviously last part's probably a joke. Um, But like, damn, my sister is so, you know, in her own cocoon and is able to like enjoy life effectively. Um, And she's sort of like shouting that out. Like she's offline. Yeah. Someone responded to her. Ah, so privileged to be so unbothered by a lack of money, food, healthcare, the environment, or queer rights being taken away, or not care that they're being taken away from others. There's nothing virtuous in pretending everything's okay, because for you, it is. Now... (laughs) Listen, <laughs> listen, like it's um, a leap. That's a jump out the window. That's a, see, that's the problem. Why, why with engagement, you always invite people who think they know everything. And I think a major reason why we have what we have going on socially is because everybody thinks that they're an expert. Everybody thinks they know right. what's happening because they have a keyboard. And we used to live in a time <laughs> where people were honest and they would and say, Google. you are, you are not equipped to have this conversation. Right. You are not equipped to have this job. You're not equipped to talk about this thing because you don't have the experience. You don't have the education. You don't have the know-how. You don't have the, like, so we don't, we don't put people in their place because it's like offensive to tell somebody, honey, you don't have the range. You don't have. (laughs) But I mean, and that's the other thing is like, again, everyone has a role to play. And I think this person responding to them, it's a response you see online all the time, which is like, oh, good for you. But some of us, you know, out here, there's the real world. It's like out where you mean in here or you're just listing really important causes. Yes, queer rights are being taken away. Yes, it's important, you know, to fight for uh, working class people. Yes, for labor unions. Yes, all of these things. Mm -hmm. But like the response to the fascism is also can be joy is also yes. can be off, being offline and out of the conversation refusing to participate in some of the toxicity that i think the right especially really wants us to participate in so like and also the struggle is offline y'all like the struggle is not it's in the streets it's in you know community meetings it's in your neighborhoods it's not on the internet and i know we get those two things confused so like it just oh, that made me think of like you being like, I'm going to create a nice space. And this person's like, how dare you create nice space? Because pe- because people um, invest in being miserable. And I think right. that's a currency that we can. That's something that's very relatable is like everybody's miserable. And so yeah. especially, you know, being a black woman in America, 
I understand misery and it's been passed down to generation to generation through PTSD from being chattel slave in chattel slavery to civil rights to assassination attempts to police brutality. So you constantly have to find that joy outside of the norm because you will be too depressed to get out of bed. Right. Yes. I'm going to leave it there. Well said. Um, and that being said, uh, this is the bituation room, and we always go negative. So, Chloe, how dare you? Okay, I'll give you, I'll give you one. I'll give you one. Okay, so I'm tired uh, of seeing people having kids so that they can have content online. I don't want to see your toddler. Oh. See, it's different. See, you, uh -huh. you're a new mom and you're, you're experiencing <laughs> joy of being a mom. But when you have a kid who's like reciting lines and the camera's always on them, it's like people, they need to create laws to protect children because a lot of these kids have lived their entire lives online and they're not oh happy God. about it. And the parents are generating income and you're exposing your kids to like, God knows what, cause these images of them being in bath time with bubbles and no pamper on mm. is going to live forever. So be smart when you have children, don't just have kids. So you can have content. Yeah, totally. I won't do that when I'm not able to sell a script or get a job that I want. Put it behind Patreon so that you know who's buying your content. You know what I'm saying? But just it's don't absolutely. put it on TikTok and Twitter. Be smart about it is what I'm saying. Be smart about no, it. No, it's true. But also the best like thing to ever happen to us is to have grown up without the, in like, without the internet, honestly. Because, like, I'm so glad that, like, things I said as, like, a 12-year-old. Like, if you, can you imagine if I were on TikTok as 11? I'd be like, yeah, I'm sexy, yeah. And you're like, you're 11. You're like, I know, TLC is the best. Red, light, special. Like, right? nobody wants to see. Yes, and that, exactly. And you guys don't, don't, like, that's Chloe, you know. That's what it, nobody wants to see that. Nobody. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody. The 11-year-old going to be like in there. It just it's for them in their room. But I think for me as a kid, as a kid, right? So I remember Maya Angelou, she said a quote and she was like, children, re children respond to how you react to them. So when a kid comes into a room, your child comes into the room and you don't greet them with a smile or a, a hi or a hug, they can feel that energy, right? Mm -hmm. So now imagine every time a child goes up to their parents, they have their phone out being like, so what do you want for lunch? Ooh. It's like, what? I can't trust and you. Let's try that again. Let's try yeah. it one more. Okay. Oops. I was not recording. <laughs> yeah right exactly and listen i had i had so many awkward stages like i i know this sounds crazy i look the best i look now than i ever looked in my life and i'm 42 years old so i had a lot of awkward yes. stages i was definitely <laughs> an ugly ducking i was a, a late bloomer all of those things so if i can imagine me with braces and pimples i had a i had a mullet haircut in high school i just it was <laughs> it's too much to put out there i, I gotta know. hold on to some mystique and you just have like my whole life archived like the truman show nope Okay, that's a thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you finding something to habituate about. <laughs> Let's get into this week, guys. A lot happened, even though it's supposed to be sort of a slow week, the first week of the year, the last week of December. Um, but it was not. Uh, in fact, a lot of things happened. So legendary journalist Barbara Walters died. Uh, a journalist who was a, just a trailblazer for women. I think it's amazing that she got as far as she did, even without a litany of Me Too scandals, which we know makes every legendary journalist you know and she did it without touching so far as we know she did it with the robe on you know so that's like a huge hurdle yeah, she's um, a pioneer pioneer 
Elon Musk has become the first person to lose $200 billion. Uh, the person who held the previous title for most money lost was Warren Buffett after his first burlesque show. God, he really, he was so confused, you know, and, but the dancers got paid well. Uh, okay, that was dumb. All of these are dumb. There are officially more strains of COVID than there are marijuana. I mean, like, that's not actually, but I believe there are more strains of COVID. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. I believe You're that. Like, yeah. Um, the new one, uh, which is making up about 40% of all the new COVID cases is called the XBB one, which sounds like a star Wars droid that yells freedom and coughs in your face. <laughs> you can't do much else. Um, looks like the master of none, George Santos will be sworn in after all. Again, um, the Republican from New York, who's lied about everything. Republicans are just going to let that ride. And it just proves that if you lie repeatedly on your resume, you'll be unfit for Costco, but fit for Congress. Congress is pretty much the last place that like tax cheats, white collar criminals and me too escape artists can still find work. Someone's got to employ them. It's either jail or Congress. Honestly, most of them are choosing Congress. Um, this is great. Democratic Congressman Richie Torres is introducing a bill based on. Well, you can guess a bill called the Stop Another Non-Truthful Office Seeker Act or the Santos Act that would require House candidates to provide details of their backgrounds under oath. The Santos Act, based on George Santos. This would be like introducing an insider trading bill called the Please E-Trade Long-Owned Stocks Immediately Act, or the Pelosi Act. <laughs> so good. Uh, and the House Waynes and Mies Committee released Trump's tax returns finally. Uh, uh. They're full of clear tax evasion. They show he's got a bank account in China and that he paid zero tax dollars in 2020 because of supposed financial losses. It's no wonder, though, like of all this, that it's no wonder that Trump can't comprehend losing an election because every time he loses, he just still ends up winning. You know what I'm saying? He can just declare ballot losses and be like, I'm the president. Um, that almost worked. And finally, for... Former Pope Benedict has been cut down in his papal prime at the tender age of 95. Say what you will about the former Pope. He covered up rampant molestation by the Catholic Church. He excommunicated a nine-year-old girl for having an abortion. He is still the first Pope to have canceled himself. And, like, that takes a lot of guts and a whole lot of crime. So, big ups to Benny up in... Where probably hell. All right. For everything yeah, I else. Say, where, where do you think he's going? <laughs> I think we know where he's going. This is the week where. So this is the week where Kevin McCarthy is seeking the nomination for Speaker of the House. Speaker of the House, very important right hand person to the president, helps funnel legislation up uh, and back from the Senate to the executive branch. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It, he, they can choose what is uh, prioritized, what isn't prioritized, what's put up for a vote, what's not put up for a vote. And it looks like we're going to a round two and maybe round three and maybe round four and who knows how many rounds because Kevin McCarthy does not have the votes from his own party to clinch the nomination. So let's look at why the hell that is, what is going on. Um, again, it's going to get a little wonky. But hey, 
let them fight. Um, what has unfolded over the last two months, according to CNN, is an all-out scramble for the speakership, which has taken the form of strategy sessions with close allies on and off Capitol Hill, intense negotiations over rules changes, and nonstop phone calls with members, even pro-McCarthy robocalls in some of the holdout districts. Hi, I always was for the coup. I'm Kevin McCarthy. Antifa attacked the Capitol on January 6th. No doubt about it. Anyway, I'm just imagining those robocalls. Um, his team is hopeful that things will fall into place after they've released a final rules package late Sunday evening, which formalized the concessions he has agreed to and are betting the opposition will fold on the floor. Oh, but you bet wrong. Chloe, not sure if you've been following. Uh, I wouldn't. If I were you, I would chill in, <laughs> in your mystic corner or whatever fun space a beautiful bathroom, whatever it is of your house. But Kevin McCarthy, we're on like, I think vote number three. Mm -hmm. He has failed two votes. Um, there are many Republicans, more than a dozen who are believe that Kevin McCarthy is not extreme enough. Now you have to know that Donald Trump supports Kevin McCarthy. What do you think about that? Like, what does that signal to you that he is not as extreme. In fact, what is happening right now is that Jim Jordan, which is another representative, Jim Jordan, right? He is lobbying his party to vote for McCarthy, while at the same time, others are lobbying the party to vote for Jim Jordan. So every, it's like a, it's like a hot potato nobody really wants, except Kevin McCarthy really wants to hold that goddamn potato. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like dead man walking. It's like he has the stench of Trump on him. And now with all the stuff that's come out, now that the January 6th discoveries has come out, all 800 and something, something pages, people are like, oh, wow, if we just separate Trump from us, we can still keep going. I think that's what the Republican Party is trying to do. So they're trying to say, we believe in McCarthy because he's supposed to be a tried and true Republican. But you have these outliers, these extremists who are saying, no, he's not one of us. And the Republicans know that those the small party, that small group of extremists have more Americans who are willing to do volatile acts in order to support their will. And so it's kind of like they're on a tightrope and I want them to fight it out. I want them to, sure. I, want, I want that infighting to just decimate the party and they have to come back anew, but they can't even do that because when they have the opportunity to get rid of like a George Santos, they won't even kick him out. So no, if you can't even vote. Yeah. So if you can't even like <laughs> separate yourself from a bold faced liar and bring back a little shred of dignity to your party, then y'all might as well just full on Jerry Springer fight it out. Yes, absolutely. I want to see chairs flying. I want to see there. I mean, I do think the House of Commons is more fun because everyone's like, here, here, how dare you? How dare you? Yes. you know, there's a lot of that. But I think it's, look, I got to hand it to McCarthy for being, for walking a line between condemning Trump and Trumpism and the coup, but actually never condemning Trump or Trumpism or the coup. Like, like we all know that he was trying to get Trump to call off his dogs on the day of, but he's completely disavowed that he ever did that. You know, you got Marjorie Taylor Greene going like, you know, did the Holocaust happen? You know, what about the Jewish space lasers and all that shit? Uh, and Kevin McCarthy says nothing. Um, George Santos, again, another point of like, there is no leadership. The leadership is leading from behind. And sadly, mm -hmm. in the MAGA world, that is the most extreme person. I will just go wherever the most extreme person in the base, armed to the teeth, 
yeah, that's, will you vote for me? Cool. We'll just go along with that. But it is interesting. You wonder like what's going to happen. Um, there are, there, the, the sort of how this could shake down is far more complicated than I understand. Um, but it seems like he probably at the end of the day will be voted in, but it could also fall to some obscure Republican no one's ever really heard of, some like some old crusty like Tales of the Crypt dude that they keep. He's basically in a jar at this point. Or like, hey, you want to be speaker? And he's like, yeah. Um, I still don't understand that. Like, even though Hakeem Jeffries has more votes at this point, again, the Democratic leader, um, why that fool wouldn't just be president, like a uh, speaker? Why is he just not speaker? Hmm. I'm sure the chat will correct me on this, and I know yeah. I don't understand enough. But I'm like, I understand they don't have the majority, but could it could it be Hakeem Jeffries? Will would the Republicans fuck this up to the point where they would hand it over to Jeffries? Mm. We'll see. Um, and who are those Republicans? Right, nine Republicans. There's more than that. Um, they were not sold on all of basically on what what uh, McCarthy promised to do. Some of the things that he promised to do would. Um, Launch an impeachment inquiry into Homeland Security Alejandro, uh, Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, um, vowing not to take up any bills from any GOP senators who back the massive year-end spending packages, both pro top priorities of the right. So can you imagine if you were a Republican and you voted for, like, much-needed federal assistance to your state? I will not bring up anything that you that you want for a vote like i will completely ignore that like imagine the disdain and the hatred of the american people to do that anyway it's so these are the things he's offering them he's like yeah yeah and we're gonna start like a jewish space lasers committee marjorie and like oh my god boat lauren you can start up your 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 failed restaurant shooters you could start that up in the capitol yeah um every year on january 6th we'll do a reenactment of the riots you know that's coming you know that's coming you know that is coming in like 20, 25 years that if, if we're still standing that this is going to be a bunch of old beer belly white guys huffing and puffing up a small hill like they're storming the Capitol. We're in a who, American Who would you want to play? Oh my gosh. I'm playing the actual guard who's like, I'm shooting these motherfuckers. I don't care what y'all <laughs> tell me. I'm shooting them. We shooting them. We shoot, they coming near me. I'm shooting them. We shooting them. Okay. Is that? Because it's my job, right? Okay, cool. <laughs> so good. I That is... She's just like, no, I'm the person who shot Ashley Babbitt. Sorry. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Doing my job. That's amazing. All right. We have to um, uh, move on, but we will see how this all shakes down. Uh, I don't know. Godspeed, Kevin. Big Kev. Um, a Q Home Alone joke or something. <laughs> ah, sorry. I had to. My bad. All right. Let's move on, because uh, this was just so good. Um, this was the week where a 19-year-old Swedish climate activist named Greta Thunberg, Thunberg, I don't actually know how to say her last name, um, utterly destroyed a misogynist after he tweeted at her. Let's see how this unfolded. We're talking about, if you guys don't know, Andrew Tate. Now, Andrew Tate's one of those people where I'm like, I knew him. He was, he took up like 3% of 0.3% of my brain. And then I just like, yeah. pew, you know, I sort of yeah. excommunicated thought, him from. I saw him as like, he was the, like the Kevin Samuels of incels. 
like white incels. Right, right. I don't even know who that is. Great. <laughs> Kevin Samuel was a black guy who was telling women that they weren't top tier and alpha males need to be. It's like that. It's like that performative. Oh, and then he okay, ended up yes. dying because he was having sex with a younger woman. And he was like in his 50s. He had a rented apartment telling people that they need to have a house and be millionaires if they wanted to be a millionaire. And he was taking Viagra and he died alone after sex with a woman who was like, this old man died in my bed. And everybody was like, this is your king. This is a man that was giving y'all advice about how to be a strong alpha male in 2022. And he died in a rental property. <laughs> of a heart attack from trying to get his 50 year old boner up. I, you know, we don't relish in death, but we kind of do. That one feels like. <laughs> yeah. But, was, but Kevin uh, Samuels is nowhere near uh, Andrew Tate because Andrew Tate was actually, as we found out, Dealing potentially with trafficking people yeah. so he is yes uh, uh basically a professional misogynist um and he has been using social media to spew his uh, bullshit alpha male alpha male narrative um in august he was barred from facebook youtube and tiktok um he was also briefly barred from twitter but was reinstated on the platform where he has 3.7 million followers after elon purchased the company in october Ooh, fun. Oh my God, a new way to get out the message. So what did he do with his newfound or his reignited Twitter account? He tweeted at Ms. Greta Thunberg. Um, just unprovoked, if y'all didn't know. Unprovoked, other than the fact that Greta's mere existence triggers the fucking right. They cannot hang with her. They wish they could come up to like her knees, right? They wish they had the 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 fortitude, the integrity, the balls, the ovaries. Hello, Greta Thunberg. I have 33 cars. My Bugatti has a W16. I can't do his accent, but it's so weird. And it's like a, a twad turbo. My two Ferrari 812 Competizione have a six point, but I don't give a shit. This is just the start. Please provide your email address so I can send a complete list of my car collection and their respective enormous emissions. And when I say emissions, I mean, you know what? And of course, Greta didn't miss a beat, picked up that, uh, how desperate that sounded. And uh, it was like, yeah, please do enlighten me. Email me. I'll just have to say, yes, please do enlighten me. Email me at smalldickenergy at getalife.com. Amazing. The most... You know what I love about this whole thing is that, you know, Greta is openly, she's open about her autism, right? And so, you know, with autism comes a lot of things. I just imagined her tweeting that and then putting her phone down being like, so I need to go to Michael's and get more like markers for my <laughs> climate change folks. She tweeted it and went about her life. She right? didn't look, she, I feel like she set her phone down and then somebody was like, hey, Greta, do you know that the tweet you posted has like, Four million views. She was like, "Really? I'm about to go protest climate I'm coloring. change." Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm making a new sign. A sign. I have the sixteen of us we're going to stand in front of the UN and protest. Like, well, I got things to do. And they was like, "You should probably respond." And then she was like, "Got it." And sin. Yeah. And what about? <laughs> exactly. She was doing that from the streets. No, it, it's true. There is like, she has that thing. I mean. Look, Elon Musk claims that he's also autistic, so I don't know. I mean, ugh. but like, I do think there is a lack of giving a shit about yeah. what anyone thinks of you. And Greta absolutely has that. Um, and it 
she doesn't care about clout. She actually hates, I do think Greta is someone who hates her own celebrity, which is fascinating. Mm. Like I think she does has never wanted the climate movement to be about her. She never wanted to be, um, the again, a leader of this. She just said what she needed to say and what she needed to say on that world stage was like, fuck all y'all, <laughs> you know? Uh, I do not care. Do not make me like, stop with your like the flowery language as she said. So you're totally right. Um, and of course, um, because he does have small dick energy, Andrew Tate and Chloe, God, we have to give him notes on this. Here was his massive clapback to, um, this is just, this is chapter two. We got to get through this pretty quick, but this is chapter two of this saga. Uh, take a look. And she replied by telling me her own email address. Greta's email address is, I have small dick energy. Why would that be your own email address, Greta? Strange. I mean, also, I don't want to assume her gender. It's 50-50, but it is what it is. I'm not actually mad at Greta. Please bring me pizza and uh, make sure that these boxes are not recycled. Thank you. So I'm not actually mad at Greta, right? Because she doesn't realize she's been programmed. She doesn't realize she's a slave of the Matrix. She thinks she's doing good. I didn't see this. I only saw the still of him, but the fact that he was like, bring me my pizza and don't recycle it. It's like, bro, you were just setting her up to dunk on you again. Like, why <laughs> yeah. are you so pretty? And that accent, like that accent is terrible. That sounds like, like the fake Madonna, like I'm British, but I'm really from Detroit accent. Like what is happening here? What is going on? That's exactly right. Um, give me my pizza and uh, don't make sure not to recycle the boxes. It's just so corny. You went all that way. You got props to make a don't recycle joke after pretending to not understand that she was absolutely dunking and owning you and like all the retweets that's about funny. the small dick energy thing proved it. Like that's like the typical like, oh, I don't even get that joke. What? You have you have small dick energy? Uh, Listen, you know, we as comedians, we have both experienced an Andrew Tate in the audience, someone who thinks that just because he has two nut sacks that he is funnier than us <laughs> and does has no experience in comedy wants to be like, I'm a man, I'm funny. Every man thinks he's funny. And I want to tell every man that's watching, you're not. <laughs> you're not. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, man. I think every every dude, especially a right wing guys watch that and we're like, oh, like they just took a step back and we're like gulp um <laughs> so th that was the prop and it was used to then track him um now there's differing accounts as to whether it actually was used to track him meaning the romanian police might have already been looking for him they just needed to know exactly where he was but hey just call jerry's pizza sc scan the qr code ask if anyone made a delivery to a massive compound with a ostentatious i don't know like little lions outside and weird fucking statues and um, with screams of people being held against their will, and uh, you might find him. So, in fact, they used that pizza box that he was claiming wasn't going to be recycled to locate him and raid his goddamn house. Yes, prosecutors said that local authorities carried out searches of homes they believe were connected to human trafficking and rape. The authorities said they were investigating whether the suspects created a criminal group in 2021 to engage in human trafficking in Romania. Now, none of that is funny, but oh did he was we don't have the video but he got we like to was, call this is this is a classic case of god don't like ugly <laughs> god don't like ugly 
All you had to do was sit there and eat your little crusty pizza and mind your motherfucking <laughs> business. But no, you had to speak up and say something. And good, because now you told on yourself and you have no one to blame but your ego. Your yes. ego. And and sex trafficking is a major problem and it's happening all over the world. We don't want to undermine that at all. But the truth of the matter is there's always someone who knows that someone like an Andrew Tate is doing human trafficking. And this is your time, your opportunity to start asking questions. If you know your homeboy is not cute and he got mad good looking women coming over all the time, he all of a sudden has money, he's hanging out with a bunch <laughs> of guys with tattoos and they driving Lamborghinis, investigate his ass because he's not pulling dimes just because he has a nice personality. He may be into something a little shady. So start looking at his pizza boxes, seeing his inboxes, seeing how much money he got fluctuating in. All of a sudden, he wearing a robe with no shirt on, with his dick hanging out. Scoundrel. Oh, God. Just a man in a robe. I don't know. <laughs> even even when my husband wears a robe, I'm like, don't. Don't wear the robe. I'm like, who are you about... trying to impress? What you got going on over there? Well, you should be impressing me around the house. That's what <laughs> I think. And the, the robe is not doing it for me. Definitely not that kind of a robe. But you're... It is, yes, it is the most fuck around to find out, the most just like telling on yourself. He did it to himself. You did it to yourself, bro, but no, he says, and this is just before we wrap. He says the Matrix sent their agents. Chloe, did you know the Matrix? The, did you know the Matrix has agents? Like the, fict the fictitious um, series? The, what, the movie series? What's so crazy is like, how do you blame the Matrix on you being a human trafficker and you talk about it you detail how you swindle these women into coming into your fold right so, you you've made a killing you've made money off of saying yes. how you swindle them and how you convince them to to basically be trafficked which is like yeah no i'm sure there was nothing coercive about that it was all because of the size of your disgusting pecs and all of the you know fucking whatever juicing you've been doing yeah not gross disgusting to think <laughs> you know sometimes sometimes pecs are like a sign of a predator that's what i just want to say sometimes when they're like mm. you <laughs> sometimes when someone looks too creepily good i'm like mm, mm -mm, i don't like any of that yeah i think it's weird it's about the posture like if you you know like that that fake man like i don't work out but i'm but i'm carrying my chest like i work out you know what i mean where it's like the shoulders no, he has like the ripply anyway it's like when the pecs have like like they're like um it's like sinewy or like like uh fibrous Ooh. i don't know it was disgusting mm. anyway final word greta thunberg this is what happens when you don't recycle your pizza boxes yeah thank you greta that's the only and we're done and back to stopping climate collapse <laughs> yeah uh well with that let's bring in my guest um let's move on in <laughs> wait 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 this is the one interstitial i've got right what do veterans movements think of january 6th we're two years out from it um we have heard from a lot of pundits about it. We've heard from people who study extremism about it. We've heard from Donald Trump and right-wingers about January 6th, but who's actually listening to vets who are fighting for a better world? This is The Sitch. Hey, and joining me for The Sitch, political director of Common Defense, a grassroots group organizing progressive veterans to stand up against the rising tide of racism, hate, and violence, Naveed Shah. Naveed, how are you? Doing great. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, my God. Thank you for being here. Um, so first of all, tell me, for people who don't know, what is Common Defense? 
So Common Defense is a progressive veterans group. It actually started uh, because a bunch of veterans were protesting outside of Trump Tower in 2015. And they were like, you're an army vet? I'm an army vet. And got together and created Vets Against Trump. Uh, and then, you know, they moved that, uh, really it became a movement. And once he got elected, unfortunately, they were like, okay, this can't just be a flash in the pan. This needs to be a sustained movement. Uh, so they founded Common Defense right after that. Uh, and we've been going strong ever since. We were uh, proud to be there for both uh, of his impeachments, uh, pushing hard to, to get those across the finish line. Um, and, you know, what we've also been doing really more than anything is we're a grassroots group. We, we look for folks that uh, are aligned with us as progressives, as veterans, uh, and train them on how to become activists, how to become advocates for their communities uh, and get them out, uh, you know, to be the leaders that, that many of our communities need. So yeah. uh, it's been really great. I've been with the organization for three years now and, it, and it's, uh, you know, the best job I've ever had. Tell me about yourself. Like, how did you get involved and why? You know, veterans are often sort of falsely lauded um, and and assumed to be um, on the right, right? You know, and, and they're lauded by Republicans and people don't always hear from or the voices of progressive veterans are not always lifted up. So, yeah, tell me tell me about how you got involved. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's one of the biggest misconceptions. Uh, the fact of the matter is, is that the fastest growing segment of veterans are actually women and minorities. Uh, so the veterans who are coming out of the military today are more likely to look like us on this on this uh, uh, podcast or, or <laughs> video uh, than anyone else than, than you would think of as like Captain America. Right. Uh, so so that's the biggest change that's happening. And as that change is happening, uh, people are bringing the, those their own backgrounds and, and lived experiences uh, and the entire narrative around who is a veteran, who is an American, who is allowed to wear the flag and, and use that as in their patriotism. Uh, is changing. And so that's one of the big things that Common Defense has been working on is making sure that veterans who are like us know that they have the opportunity to speak up. What what really has happened over the last, you know, so many years is that there's a very loud but, you know, vocal minority uh, that has stood up and has taken that on that mantle of I'm a veteran and you must be this way in order to be a veteran. But yes. that's just not the case. Uh, and so that's really where we're coming from. I, I'm an army veteran. I served in Iraq in 2009 and 10. Um, you know, and I joined Common Defense in 2018 because I saw this happening. I felt like veterans were being left out of the conversations. Veterans were being, uh, and military families were being used as props when you know some some politician needed them, but they weren't really listening to us, and they weren't definitely weren't addressing our needs. Uh, and so that's really what drove me to to join Common Defense and eventually join the team. That's awesome. Yeah, and I remember. I mean. I think that it was really interesting. I can't remember the details, but do you remember the first vet that the family of a soldier who passed, I believe was it in Afghanistan and Trump called the family and was like incredibly disrespectful or just, it was like a, uh, just a horrible phone call. Like that was the beginning of his, his presidency and ending with him at world war two Memorial saying, these guys are losers. Why would you fight for yeah. your, you know, basically why would you fight for your country? You know, and also misunderstanding yeah. the Second World War, or maybe not, right? It felt like a perfect bookend to a guy who, and a, a political movement that has no respect for, for real vets. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Trump started his campaign. Uh, he skipped one of the first debates and said, instead of going to the debate, I'm going to donate all this money to veterans groups. I don't know what those two things have to do with each other now, uh, but I'm sure it made sense. And one of the first things that Common Defense did was was like, 
wait, which veterans groups did he donate to? And it turned out he did not make a single donation to any veterans groups. So, of course, like, as expected, right? Um, and so, and that really has carried over. You saw him do things that not only, like, disrespected veterans or, or military members, but then elevate people like Eddie Gallagher, war criminals, uh, and put them on a pedestal yes. instead of, you know, honoring troops who serve their country. Uh, it's really, yeah, terrible situation. And we see this all the time from the other side, that they will use the military and veterans as props when it suits them, uh, but pay lip service to what they actually need. How does your membership and how do you feel maybe about um, a group like the Oath Keepers, right? This is a group that is popular, I mean, uh, has become well-known um, because of Trumpism and Trump and their role in January 6th and their role, I believe, also in Charlottesville. Um, but that the oath is the oath to serve and protect their country and the Constitution and their former uh, military members, uh, service members. And they're using their cachet as vets to basically engage in an extremist white nationalist movement. Like, like, do you all want to be a counter to that? And um, have you interfaced with them at all? Yeah, so uh, we haven't had to deal with the Oath Keepers directly, uh, and we don't want to. Uh, <laughs> I think they, you know, those, those, they're one example of a large number of like extremist right-wing militias that are cropping up. Uh, and what they do is they do go looking for veterans and military members to recruit uh, because of their, you know, not only military skill, but skills, but leadership skills. Uh, and because they want to fill their ranks with people and they, they try to, you know, brainwash them and, and find folks who are disaffected from their service in the military. Uh, and that's another reason why we started Common Defense, because we know that this is a real thing that happens when you leave the military is you lose that sense of family, that sense of camaraderie that you have with your unit. Uh, mm -hmm. And so for folks who are looking for a, a political home, it's, you know, not hard to get pulled one, one direction or the other. And so we want, we want to show folks that you have alternatives and you don't have, you don't necessarily have to be on the left or, or on the right. You can, you know, find your own way, but don't go down that path of extremism, which as we saw in two year, we're coming up on the two year anniversary leads to an insurrection at the Capitol. That's a really important point about lack of community, right? And like that, I think that the one thing from speaking the vets that I've spoken with, and particularly those who are like against the forever wars against, you know, the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan in which they served um, is like the only thing that they miss. And the only thing that they were really fighting for was one another. Um, and like that, that, yeah, uh, brotherhood, although it's broader than that, right? That, that sense of community was the only thing that they were in it for and the only thing they, they miss maybe from it. So that's a really interesting point um, that you made. And it's like, yeah, they're finding it here, but they're, you know, a lot of vets are being radicalized. Um, are you guys trying to be like a counter to that? Like, I guess what I mean is like, do you also want to be like there? Yeah, there is another... There's another community out there. Yeah. It doesn't have to all well, be about because like, both groups because both groups are pretty much like disenfranchised, right? Like you went into the service for one reason and you come out feeling like you were misled, but then you can go in both either direction. And I think to me that I think that's interesting. It's like you have people who come from the same experience, but yet some gravitate towards one group and then some gravitate towards. So Navi, what would you say is like the reason or like the fork in the road that lends someone making a path choice? You know, it's hard to say exactly where it is. And this is something that a lot of folks have been studying, actually, recently, since the, especially more so since the insurrection, 
right. uh, on the Capitol because it, it is a real problem that the military has faced for a long time. This is not new, right? I'm sure, uh, I think we're all, all three of us are old enough to remember like Timothy McVeigh in Oklahoma City, right? Like that, that was uh, a similar situation. He was radicalized either in the service or immediately after. Um, and there are other cases of, of situations like that. So yeah. there, there are folks who are studying how that happens, uh, you know, and I can't speak to it myself, but what I do know is what we try to do is find folks as they're leaving the service uh, and bring them in and just show them like, these are the um, issues that you care about. These are the ways that you can talk about them, use, you know, and talk about your service and not feel like you are, you have to hide who you are. I mean, I remember going back uh, to 2018, I was knocking on doors, uh, you know, to, to get out the vote. And I met a guy who served in Vietnam and took his uniform off when he came home and never talked about his service again. He said, wow. no one's reached out to me like this until you came and knocked on my door. Wow. Right. So there are, there are so many vets out there, uh, you know, 20 million or so that uh, don't, and not all of them, actually not even the majority of them are right wing. They just need someone to reach out to them. And that's what we're trying to do. Totally. And it's, and it's obviously like, I mean, I think that's the question. That's that's generally the need for grassroots organizing on the left anyways, because we know the right is organized and we know that they are weaponizing um, the la the trauma, the lack of care, the you know, the VA being in disarray and or like not covering what they need to be covering um, the bills and the you know, all the policies that that folks are fighting for like they're using that to say you know no we're recruiting over here use change that anger and that you know that your mental health spin it into hatred um and you're totally right about like probably the people coming out who are going the other way are most likely black and brown people of color immigrants yeah. you know um so as as a vet looking at january 6th the stats around jan 6 and i think maybe you know them better than i but it's like you know, a, a huge percentage of the rioters were yeah. former service members. Um, there was like an also like a what a woman in the Air Force. Um, there was a lot of folks, and you had them brutalizing Capitol Police, as I say, blue on blue crime. Like it very much was like, which law and order are we talking about? Which protection of which constitution? Because like these are people in uniform facing down with yeah. one another. How, how did you, how do you in common defense sort of see January 6th and how does it like, how did that strike you? Yeah, I mean, it was a scary, scary day for sure. I'm, I'm based here in DC and, and so it was, you know, I went to school at UVA and so when I, when I saw what happened in Charlottesville, that was one thing. And then to see it happen again here in DC, I was like, what the hell is going on with our country? Uh, it was really scary. And yeah. I can say that I think the stats were like, I don't remember exactly, but it was like between 12 to 20% of the folks who were eventually arrested for January 6th either had some sort of service either in the military or law enforcement, uh, right. which is you know, terrifying. And that it just goes back to show you exactly what they do with their rhetoric is that, you know, it, it's all about back the blue and, and you know, support the police. Uh, until it comes time that they're facing the police and it's like, oh, well, we're going to you know, attack them violently just like we would anybody else. Um, it, it, they only use that rhetoric when it serves them uh, and they don't mean anything by it. You know, they just want to use it for their, for their own purposes. Um, and when it comes down to it too, like the veterans who were there, you know, they were for sure, they were like the Oath Keepers were there. As we saw, they got convicted. Uh, actually, one of the, at least one of the Capitol writers has been elected to Congress now. Derek Van Orden from Wisconsin's third. Uh, it was a former Navy SEAL, and he breached the Capitol barricades. 
uh, and now he, as of whenever they get done with this mess that they're doing today, right. uh, he's going to be <laughs> he's going to be sworn into Congress. That's a, a that's a that is a crazier story than George Santos. I mean, say what you will yeah. about Santos, he did not storm the Capitol. Right, and that's the crazy thing is that I think the stat is like seventy percent of the uh, Republicans who are being sworn into this Congress have at some point denied the twenty twenty election. So they deny the election, but they don't deny the election that they won. That one, that, that one's fine, but this one they have a problem with. Of course. Um, and so you can't, you know, govern when you don't fundamentally believe in the government that you're supposed to be serving in. Picking up on that thread of like extremism and recruitment, if you, if common defense were in charge, let's say Biden administration is like, I'm tapping common defense. You're the political director, Naveed, help me. We know we have an extremism problem with, you know, in the military. How do you begin to stamp that out? I mean, I think it starts at the top. This kind of violent rhetoric that we've heard from people like Lauren Boebert and Marjorie Taylor Greene and even Matt Gates and Paul Gosar and so many others in Republican leadership, um, they need, are, need to be the first ones first to be kicked out. Uh, they shouldn't be able to serve in the government they don't believe in. Uh, and secondly, they need to leadership, whether it's Kevin McCarthy or whoever it ends up being, needs to stay that we're not going to let members uh, talk like this. We're not going to let members um, put down people of different uh, races or creeds or religions. And we're not going to allow this kind of violent uh, rhetoric to be espoused from this chamber. Right. Uh, that's what it comes down to, because when they do that and then you have like lone wolf attacks like we saw in Buffalo and like we saw in El Paso, uh, those people are radicalized. They're not just radicalized online in, in you know, on forums like Reddit or, or uh, you know, 4chan or whatever. They're radicalized by hearing their own members of Congress say that, you know, everyone coming across the border is an illegal criminal. Like, yeah, that that affects people. Uh, and so it really needs to start at the top. First mm -hmm. thing is, is they need and that's one of one of the reasons that Common Defense is here in D.C. this week. We're bringing our members in from across the country uh, to meet with our member, their uh, members of Congress as they're getting sworn in uh, and talking to them about these issues and making sure that they know that whether they are Republican or Democrat, we are their constituents and they ultimately serve us. And they mm. need to make sure uh, that they uphold their end of, of the oath of office that they're about to take. Yeah. Can you tell me more about Courage for America, which I know Common Defense is part of? Absolutely. So Courage for America is a partnership that we're doing uh, in response to the 118th Congress. Uh, as this mess uh, of a shit show has already started, <laughs> uh, we are preparing to respond to all the things that they're going to be doing. We know, um, especially as we're approaching the two year anniversary of the insurrection, um, that it's critical for our elected leaders to condemn violence uh, and ensure that we have a peaceful transfer of power. Uh, both, you know, for this this uh, election cycle and for the next presidential election cycle. Uh, so this week, Common Defense and Encourage for America are uh, launching a letter. Uh, we're going to be delivering that to members of Congress, which is signed by th uh, thousands of our members, uh, as well as uh, former Capitol Police Officer Michael Fanone, who, who was injured in the Capitol riots and, and testified in front of the January 6th committee. Yes. Yeah. Fanone, sort of like the no bullshit, you know, I'm not going to like keep up with you know, decorum on this national stage. I'm going to call it what it is. What do you call them? Like cowards, idiots. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the language, the that's the language we have to start using because for the most part, the, the 
common American viewer gets lost in like political language and like you have to be able to call people out on their bullshit in real time because that's what we respond to. And I think that's why Greta's tweet went so viral because it's like I'm dealing with an idiot and let me talk to an idiot in the language that they understand. <laughs> and a lot of times with like politicians and all of these like these things that happen, it's like real quick story, anecdotal story. I live in Los Angeles, right? And I voted in the election, a mayor election and all these like propositions and things. And the language is so jargon heavy that it took me like 45 minutes to research what they were actually saying. And yeah. one of the propositions that they wanted you to vote on was whether or not you thought homeless people should have a place to live. Legit. Like that was what, <laughs> like, do you think we should fund housing for homeless people? And like, if you right. don't know the language, if you don't research it, you're going to think, well, I didn't vote for that proposition. You're voting to not give people in need millions of dollars for their daily lives. And so I think when we attack these people with all of this, you know, high road language, it's like, you got to hit them where it hurts. And I think we got to bring back like common regular old fighting words right yeah that, that's one thing that veterans are really good at is just cussing up a storm uh, <laughs> one, of the, one of the things that i've been working hard to stop but uh yeah we will definitely be doing it uh, like week. it doesn't translate in the sound bite um yeah but you can do it here on the show um <clears throat> i think it's really really important and i think it's a you know obviously veterans again get overlooked and also weaponized um for bad obviously um in, I had, is there anything else you wanted to add in terms of, I don't know, maybe thoughts on like going forward with um, like hopes for the Biden administration on foreign policy and sort of veterans issues. Uh, and, and like, I know you guys believe in ending the so-called forever wars, which is basically, you know, stop ending the war on terror. Um, is there things you're hopeful for um, when it comes to this next year? Yeah, you know, it, it is, um, there's definitely a lot going on. Uh, and I have three kids myself. And my son is a freshman in high school uh, now. And I think about, you know, I was only four years older than him when I joined the army. Wow. Uh, would I want him to do that, right? Um, and you got to look at, you know, the forever wars are scary that they're still going on. I served in Iraq in 2010. Uh, we're coming up on the 20th anniversary. We still have troops stationed there uh, in the, in, in 20 years later. And what have we accomplished? And what, what are we going to accomplish? Um, and, you know, we were really glad that President Biden was, you know, went through with the withdrawal from Afghanistan. Uh, unfortunately, the, the evacuation was not executed as, as well as it could have been. Mm -hmm. um, and that was rough. That was rough. We lost 13 Marines there, at, you know, at, the, at Abbey Gate. Um, and ever since then, the Afghan interpreters who we, you know, I served in Iraq, but many of our, my friends who served there in Afghanistan promised, we promised them that we're not going to leave you behind. We're not going to leave, we never leave anyone behind. We're going to take care of you. Um, and we really are letting them down right now because we weren't able to pass the legislation we needed to make sure that they are supported uh, as they are evacuating. We brought 80,000 uh, of them here, including their families, uh, and they right now are kind of sitting in limbo. Right. Uh, so I'm hopeful that President Biden and if maybe this Congress will get something done uh, around that. But that would uh, be a, yeah, because it first, wasn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they have to elect a speaker. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and he the vote has failed again. Uh, yeah, we will see what's going on. They might have to open up that jar that I was talking about with that just right. off some old old ass Republican. But yeah, exactly the the Afghan interpreters. Um, 
have been now denied a pathway to citizenship or just legal stay, I believe, in the United States. Um, well, great. Evacuated and for what? Um, so anyway, um, is there anything else you wanted to add, Naveed? Yeah, you know, uh, last thing I'll say is we're, we're here this week with Common Defense and Courage for America. Um, and we encourage all of our veterans, uh, military family members, even civilian supporters, like to check us out uh, at commondefense.us uh, and sign up. I mean, you can sign a letter uh, if you want still that is, is going to be going out this week. Uh, but we can continue to add names. We would love to have everyone's support. I love it. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. And thanks for being there, not letting up on the first week of this new Congress. Hit them hard. Cuss <laughs> their asses uh, out. <laughs> Yes. Yep. Cuss their <laughs> asses <going> out. Because <laughs> um, it's what we respond to. A um, lot of small dick energy there on the hill. Thank you so much, Naveed. Everybody check out commondefense.us. And we have one more segment. I was made privy to a new trend online by producer Paige, who is far younger and more hip than I am. Um, and it is that we're doing a thing now. Chloe, where things are in in 2023 and they're out. I'm not explaining this. Things are now <laughs> in that were not in last year. Yeah. And now they're in. So what is in for you? What is out for you? What is in for America? What's out for America? Mm. Um, here is in. Let's hope this works. Ins and outs. Yeah. All right. Ins and outs. What is in for you? What is out for you? I could start. Yeah. I don't know. I made a short list. I made a, a list for um, cops. <laughs> just let's just start there. Cops out. Uh, mental health care workers in. Yeah. I, I fully support that. I fully support that because <laughs> cops really, I know people, cops really don't solve crime. Y'all. I don't know if y'all know that they don't No, podcasts solve crime. Yeah. Podcasts and black women in Indiana who tracked down that missing five month old twin boy when the police could not. There you go. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, that is for America. I think Q is out. Q is out in 2020. Q. Mm. So done. Um, let's go with, P. <laughs> P is good. Yeah. I'm I with it. I don't know. Just pick that letter. I'm with it. We'll see. Okay, we'll see. We'll see what it leads to. Um anything else? For, I have a I have a lot for me personally. Okay. Um for for America, um I would say um uh interjecting other people's wars i think is out i think that needs to be out mm, intervening in other people's wars yes oh, um, i have bad news for you chloe <laughs> i know it's never gonna happen i know it's never gonna happen um because we saw the wars you see this is the thing yeah. this is the thing that cracks me about about americans people don't understand why everybody hates us when you travel outside of america everybody hates us and we don't understand why no it's, be it's because okay so this is the best way to explain it america has gone to other countries and created hundreds, if not thousands of Banes, if you watch like the Dark Knight series. <laughs> so if you create a Bane and they grow up, 
and they have people who back them up and now they hate America. That's a pretty valid reason to hate America. A lot America. of bang. Yeah. Also, bang. we're loud. We're yeah. Really loud tourists. I just want to say. Rude. Loud and rude. Loud and rude. But um, we tip. No, not necessarily. I mean, not necessarily. Yeah. It depends but on the country. We think about you're in. tipping. Yeah, that's true. And it, and then they leave a dollar, which is like insulting. Um, okay, okay, so what's in? If that's out, what's in for you what's think for America? In, I would say um, orgies. I think orgies are going to come back strong. Twenty twenty three American orgies, like key parties, all that stuff. I think that's all coming back. I love that. So out, uh, war meddling in other people's wars yeah. in orgies. That's perfect. Yeah, bring all that energy home. Bring it home. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh exactly exactly stop uh yeah yep. stop outsourcing the people bring them to the party i love it um for me I i've got a bunch of these okay i just had this sweet oatmeal out mm. savory oatmeal in oh savory steel cut oats girl <laughs> so yummy and very filling and i'm eating a lot of oats because apparently it helps your breast milk it's all sad it's all related to me they have mom. like cookies for that you can get like lactate cookies and all that stuff they have a you bunch just of eat stuff. cookies non-stop no you but they help you lactate more like all of oh, this okay stuff. yeah okay. There's, there's a lot of stuff out there i have no kids but I'm, i have people who have kids I might have to, i've got to get on that <laughs> um okay water bottles are out mm. but sippy cups oh that's good uh, don't i look super cool you know i want one that's like a flat one that when you put liquid in it it expands and that way you can just like have a pouch somewhere on your body with like a oh, straw like one of those little ones oh yeah like yeah. a runner like a runner pouch with hydration pack a camel pack yeah 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 but like put it in my butt so it just like fills me out a little bit <laughs> i can't <laughs> and i'll just sip right out of that what about um, for you personally what's in what's out Personally, uh, photo reels, anything like photo montages online are out for me. I'm done. I'm actually going old school. I'm printing out photos and hanging Ooh. them on my wall in my house. Yes. Ooh, love so it. So I'd say uh, you can go on any website like Kodak, Shutterfly. This is not an ad, but like the pictures that you sure. love, we don't get to see them because they're on our phone. And last year I lost my phone and I lost some <gasps> pictures that really like, damn, I wish I had those photos. So like print them out. Put them up on a wall, little photo booth, even get a digital frame. It could like, just so you can see the pictures that you took. So photo reels out, actual hard copy photos hard up on the wall. And I love that. I agree. Um, I like that a lot. I put, I got some of those Christmas cards up and I was like, that's so cute to see yeah. people I love. I will take those down in about a week and they will be recycled. <laughs> but um, Spike Seltzers are out for me. I don't know more. Spike Seltzers done. Yeah. In Wisconsin Old Fashions, which is an old fashioned with brandy, which is the best old fashioned. Mm. Yes, it is. Uh, it's so good. I was in Wisconsin. I was doing a show, a comedy show for uh, for La uh, Lady Parts Justice League, um, Abortion AF. And they were like, do you want, I was like, what's a Wisconsin old fashioned? And they were like, oh, it's just with brandy. And like, uh, yes, please. And it is so fucking good. Mm. And then I started making them at home. Mm. Um, so that's in, um, how about, uh, great abs are out in a kangaroo pouch, just a little oh. pouch. 
because that's all oh, happened. Yeah, like the like the old like the old Renaissance paintings with the lady with the like the soft pooch, which is yeah, like a little pooch on the stage with like a little pooch. Yes, pooch yeah, in, good. abs out, a pussy pillow. I get it. <laughs> I'm with it. Anything else for you? Um, I would say um, concerts are out. Ooh, hard and, one. Yeah, yeah, concerts are out. I don't, I don't want to do concerts. I, I mean, after Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster and like COVID and just like, it, you know, we, I've been scarred. Like, I feel like being in a space with that many people really freaks me out. If I'm there, I need to be clear near like an exit. Um, but what's in for me is going to the museum on edibles. Take an edible, Ooh. go to the museum, walk around for like four hours, five hours, best day of your life. Four hours in a museum. I guess I've never been high or I've not been high enough in museums, but museums and me, I'm like, I got an hour in me tops. No, because when like, you listen, I, I took an edible and watched cats and I understood the movie. Okay. It made sense <laughs> to me. I understood with the trials and tribulations. That's the so, only way you should watch cats. The only way you should watch cats. I mean, it's creepy. <laughs> it's creepy because it's like anatomically incorrect biped cats. It's the it's uncanny valley, right? Yes. Like a, just, mm -hmm. But when you take, if you go take a nice edible or some CBD or whatever, go into a museum and just like enjoy it. And then you start to like understand what people are seeing, even though art is true. Like art is like the old school NFTs. Like people just give a value to it and they buy it, swap around their friends. Yeah, yeah. So, but you can enjoy it. Um, all right, people. What is your, what's in for you? What's out for you? Um, I still love concerts, but I haven't, I went to a Catronada concert I mean, a, yeah, a show a year ago on Halloween, and I was the only person, the only person wearing a mask. Like, yes, no, like absolutely the only person. I danced the yeah. whole time with a mask on. Yeah. It was great. Uh, and I was the only one dressed as a squid game, uh, but also I'm Asian, so I could get away with it. And everyone was like, <laughs> you know, who's going to, which I think that's so dumb in terms of it's not like you're doing like yellow face. You can dress up as the squid game contestant and it's not anti-Asian. You don't have to be Asian to dress up as something that's like not real. Just don't paint your face a different exactly. color. It's just a, how it's all you got to do. Not, just don't paint your face. Here's a question for you, Chloe. And this yes. is something you could just be honest with me. Yeah. Could I ever go as Beyonce for Halloween? Yes. Just don't paint your face. No, I, of course I would not. But you still think I could? I couldn't, obviously, like, what do I do with about hair? Could no, I wear you, like Yeah, you a, wear wigs. She wears wigs. She you wear, wear wigs. I understand. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it's I the little cut-off shorts, the little high yes. boots with the tassels on it, the little little yes. homecoming sweatshirt. Yes. Yeah, you could do all of that. Okay. I okay. dressed up as Madonna as a kid. Are you getting me? Right. Of course. Of course. Of course. All right. Good to know. Um, Beyonce will be coming at you at some point. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see if I have my camel pack uh, water to fill me out a little bit. Um, Chloe Hilliard, it's always a pleasure. It Thank has you been for too having long, me. Yes, she's booked and busy and she's wonderful. And where can people find you and follow your work? Absolutely. You can find me. Um, all my handles are right here on the screen. Chloe underscore Hilliard on Twitter and Instagram. I'm not on TikTok because they always flag my comedy content and take it down. So I'm not engaging with TikTok. <laughs> You just must talk about Palestine all the time, right? Listen, I get flagged for everything. I might as well talk about Palestine. 
Because <laughs> the way they be taking my shit down, they take it down. <laughs> they really do. It's I, I I don't have the energy to get around the censors. I'm like I don't know. I'm gonna swear. Yeah, and it's Who like cares? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fight you to put up comedy content and you steal all of my data. Like then right to give here. you free shit. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Chloe, be very well. Thank you so much Thank for joining you. me. Everybody, Thank you, everyone. Take good care and thank you all for being here. You're amazing. First show of the year in the books. Almost. We got bonus content We're talking about Brazil. Let's look at Bolsonaro eating a chicken wing. You don't want to miss this. Um, Dory B on Twitch. Santos declaring he has the vote. Sounds reasonable. Giving his rack of lies. Um, yeah. Uh, the dog and cat bandanas, please. Oh, Matt Gates on white Bronco wants uh, bandanas for animals that have the habituation room logo, I guess. Or maybe the Frantifa logo. You tell me which one. Um, Roller Dragon, you should have Lance from the Surfs on. Great suggestion. Thank you. Um, Alex Amaris, the music is sort of a superhero movie now. It is. It's like a, it's a little bit like news anchor meets trap. Like there's a trap beat in any way. It's great. Love you, DJ Real. Um, Martin, oh, I flagged this. What's the word on you taking over the Daily Show? And by flagged, I mean highlighted. Um, they haven't called yet. Should I call? Beep, boop, pop, pop, Trevor. Um, Jeff Curry, big cigar, robe, takeout pizza. That's class right there. Exactly. I mean, if he had been like cooking, I'd have been like, all right. He's a piece of shit, but he can cook. Um, Terrence Trumbo, dig the new music, newsy music. Hell yeah. Um, Charlie Chuckles for Jess at laughter at Francesca's Tate impress impersonation. Hilarious. <laughs> All everything's a ha. Songs about rainbows on Twitch. Please bring Chloe on every week. Put it on your schedule, Chloe. Thank you. Uh, Pitchfork Dragon. I'm gonna read this as Andrew Tate. Fun fact: If you draw a line from Northern California all the way to across North North Carolina, everything under that line will have severe weather this week: tornadoes, floods, hurricanes, and blizzards. And all of that is part of the matrix that they are tricking you into believing exists. And what you have to do is convince women that you're rich and then not let them leave your home. So that's how you get out of that storm. Um, Eileen Posner on YouTube, Greta needs a dunk on every Republican every week in a major way, just so I can hear Franny imitate her more. How dare you? I I'm actually not that good at doing accent because it turns more British than anything. Bad Fetch says, thank you for highlighting this important topic that is about the veterans' rights. Groove Dragon says, Russia out of Ukraine. <laughs> yes, Russia, get the fuck out of Ukraine. And with that, um, let's get the fuck out of here with the fart song. Yay. Thank you guys so much. Oh yeah, Kevin McLeod making his return. And with that, thank you, Nepo Baby Dragon, for upping your pledge to $10, you glorious human being. Um thank you, Dr. Silverback, for upping your pledge to become part of the innermost cabal. Dr. Silverback, you're amazing. I owe you a video. Thank you so much, love. Oh my God, you have no idea. Um, thank you to all of the new Twitch subs. 
We got a hype train going. Thank you to Elitois Black Dragon for cheering your bits. For Rosalba cheering 95 bits. Late Bloomer cheering 500 bits. Holy Magoli. Uh, I just said Magoli. Late Bloomer 66 for resubscribing at one month tier one. 18 months subscribe. Depressed Progressive resubscribing. Subscribe for 18 months as well. Elitois Black Dragon is resubscribing to five months you've been subscribed thank you so much and purple lioness also subscribing with prime welcome to the fam to the fran tifa um i'm just me cheering 50 bits thank you so much uh saying i had to give my son a haircut oh, that's very important um 50 bits for the baby thank you so much i need the bits i need every bit willie gus resubscribing patty pagan subscribe for one month of tier one welcome to the frantifa triptych zero zero subscribe with prime welcome thank you guys so so much we stream every tuesday 1 p.m pacific 4 p.m eastern thanks to my producer page maximilian inhoff on the other side of youtube andy Vasoyan, my editor and alexandra orness who does some social media for me next week we've got a great show we also have january 22nd live san francisco get your tickets sfsketchfest.com and remember fight the power fuck the patriarchy i spit a little bit don't just bitch about it don't just spit about it be about it bye